Hey, it's Brian. Welcome back to Heart to Heart. Thank you for joining us for our fourth episode, How to Create Your Dream Career, with our guest, casting director Amy Renee. Be sure to listen closely as Amy goes through her unexpected path to casting. Amy's dedication and adaptability have turned her passions into a career, and her experiences serve as valuable lessons for aspiring actors. This episode is perfect for all those who may feel a bit lost in their professional journey. Now, before you listen, you've got to make sure to get our backstage pass because it is packed with Amy's biggest takeaways, insider advice, and additional resources that can help you turn your passion into a successful career. You can grab the backstage pass by going to podcastbackstagepass.com. So, a couple things. I don't believe in accidents. So on the way here, I was listening to, I, 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 like one of my favorite interviewers is, who I think is just good at what he does is Steve Colbert. Oh, yeah. And so he what am I? happened to be on Anderson Cooper's podcast. Okay. And so it was a real, it's, it's, it's a shame a podcast because it was on, it was on grief. Nothing to do with why you're here today. And whatever. But, you know, I thought about, I'm like, I'm, I'm in the car because I'm always trying to prepare for like, I drove in the day, you know, from Orange County for this. And I'm trying Special to prepare and I'm thinking about them, looking at your bio and all that stuff. And then, and then you know, there, there are two things that happen in life that kind of remind us of like, hey, we're not here forever. And that is obviously when, when something happens that is, you know, they were talking about, you know, Steve Colbert is, is, a, is a child of 11. He's the youngest of 11 kids. And his, his father passed away at 10 years old. So it kind of, you know, it's kind of like a waking up moment. There are two, there are two at the moment. So, so that, that's a big one when, when, you, when you have a loss. That's close like that. I'm just curious, has, has, has that happened to you where somebody close to you has passed away and made you go like, whoa? I mean, yeah, but I was in college. So I feel like it's yeah, you were the old. reverberations hit now. No, 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 in college passed away. It was my uncle. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. So then there's one of close person passes. But then the other one is when, and I was going to ask you this, when, when, you, when you were a Little girl, okay, you know, was there ever looking back? I, I love some of your comments. One of them I loved was, you know, you were asked on, on a former podcast or somewhere, like, what could you see yourself doing besides casting? You're like, yeah, nothing. This is what I love to do. This is, this is it. Was there ever a time in your childhood where you could imagine or you said to yourself, one day I'm going to be in this business? Yeah, it's really weird. Tell me. Yeah. Tell so, us. There was, I literally worked at the ice cream shop in town. It's such a small town story. And right next door, it's called the Market Basket. And Wait, it's hold like, on. How old were you? I was 14. But it happened even before that. But this is like the month. Oh, this is the on. real I, thing. I have to stop you for a second. Okay. My dad had three ice cream trucks. Oh, my gosh. So as a kid, I, I was in that ice cream. Go ahead. Continue. This is so, so this is when I was like able to do things more on my own and that will make sense in a second. So they had like, it was like where you rented VHS, like the market basket. So it was right next door. So I would work my ice cream chip for like a dollar 30 an hour or whatever. Like summertime, for example. And so then I would go next door and rent VHSs to watch because that like, there's literally nothing else to do. You play sports if you live in a small town. So when I wasn't playing sports. What town? 
It's in Ohio. It's a oh, really, really you went small to Ohio town. State. I did. Sense. Yeah. Okay. So, so anyhow, so that was like my routine, and it was always like, if you like this, you'll like this, like that kind of thing. But it was like a, a teeny little corner in a small town, little convenience store. But like that is really where I started learning and watching things and like on my own accord without my like without it being on cable or something i could pick what i wanted to watch while you're doing this no 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 okay. afterwards oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. sorry i'm it's a very complicated no, no. Story. So the but in my head next door it's next door, door. Okay. so in my head it's I'm, all come back yeah. yeah so i get off my shift i go over there i pick out a vhs i take it home i watch it so it becomes like that routine thing where it's like and then it's like oh i really like that director i should watch this movie or I really like that actor, I'm going to watch this movie. Because, I mean, this is pre-internet, pre... I, I got Premiere Magazine when I was in high school and would, like, cut out... You don't even know because you're so young. It was, like, the magazine. Yeah, go ahead. It was the magazine for Hollywood. And so, like, literally, any actor that had a write-up, I'm, like, cutting them out, filing like them, saving... Yes, uh-huh. but without... It's less industry jargon Darn. and more like content on like who they are, where they're from, uh, like fluff okay. interview kind of things. Wow. But but not like people or okay. like us. Okay. Uh-huh. Not, not yeah, like yeah, a yeah. gossip. Okay. Like legit interviews and stuff. So, you know, and I would save all of that. And it's like all, all through college and stuff, I'm lugging around filing cabinets of like wow. literally I've never told anyone this by the way. Wow. Um, <laughs> of like, you know, files on like different actors and stuff. And I don't know why that that I loved that. So at the time when I was an undergrad, they got rid of the film department literally my freshman year. So I was like, okay, great. So I ended up getting an undergrad in art education, which I minored in film. So any of my projects were were centered around film education. Like what is a director? Very basic kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to grad school, I furthered that. So I taught a high school in New Orleans. In New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. I taught a high school film class, basically. But again, when I was getting my master's, yeah. So it was basically like a made-up curriculum by me that would be like, this is what a director is. These are some examples. Then we would watch a movie of like a very director-heavy, like choice movie. Same with like music. Like this is what a music supervisor does. And here's how music can affect the scene editing this is how cinematographer like very basic on like an intro basically mm-hmm. but it, looking back on it there's no casting director section no, that i do yeah. and that just goes to show like if i had known this department existed mm-hmm. i would have this whole time i would have just been like okay casting is my thing i just didn't really know yeah, the job. Feeling that it was gonna but, be. But, but in the process yes, of it you wanted that this is the whole long example of wow, me saying that I had like this passion for something I didn't know existed. So it wasn't until, I mean, it, I was a makeup artist first. Wow. Uh, just no, out. like as a freelance makeup artist, like I did film TV, wow. headshots, weddings, uh, special events. We have a really good sense of passion. I've always noticed that about you. Even when you were doing that, you envisioned like, hey, I'm doing this for now, I but just, I'm going to be doing something. But there's something else. Yes, you knew but, it. But, Look, the only reason why I became a makeup artist was because I painted. So it's like, well, all right, I can paint on people's faces. And this is like way before like all the mad contouring and everything that is now is like very beauty makeup. You Uh, know, this is like early 2000s. So 
So I, I, I got in that way. And then I, I also realized I don't like being on set. I'm an introvert naturally. Yeah, so to be on for mm-hmm. 18 hours and like doing, you know, making sure everybody's cool and it makes sure everyone likes you. It was like, I couldn't have that stamina. So when I transitioned into the next part, I worked for a really well-known acting coach and I'm not an actor. I've never taken an acting lesson. I don't do theater, like nothing. So Were you in your twenties when this happened? Yeah. Okay. Well, 20-ish. Yeah. So this was like, this was my first introduction to like agents and managers. Were you in Seattle at the time? No, I was here. You were here. Okay. So I- you worked with this well-known acting coach. Yes. Can you, you, is that coach still around today? Yeah. She's very well-known. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's Leslie Kahn. Yeah. She's amazing. You worked for her. So I worked for her and I hadn't, like I said, I I didn't know an actor's process. I, I literally knew nothing. It was like, all right, Amy's cute. Let's hire her. What were you and doing for her then? Like I just so admin? I did admin until I did. I, I basically became the registrar. Oh. So anyone that would come in through her doors, they would meet with me after they met with her, and I would say like, "Okay, we do classes." You know what I mean? I kind of tell them everything we do, and yeah. if they wanted to get into class, then I would be the liaison with Leslie oh. to figure out which class they would be in, and every month we went through the same thing because some people would drop out of class, other people would add class. And so, I mean, I think at one time we were doing like 30 classes a week. So it was just making sure actors were happy, reading the feedback, like, you know, really kind of being that liaison for it. Again, not qualified, have no idea like what any of that is, but learning and absorbing and, and thanks to her for having patience with me because it, it was a big learning curve for me. But A, she was the first female business owner that I ever worked for that mm-hmm. kicked ass. And so that was a really good, it was just a really good model for me to see like someone who has taken something and made it their own. I mean, when she first started coaching, it was like on her couch. And then by the time I was working for her, we were on La Brea, huge studio, like I said, so many classes. So my point to that is that once I, I kind of got as much as I could from that experience, I was talking to a friend and they were like, what about casting? And I was like, again, no idea what casting is or what that entails. And how long were you there for it? Let like three or four years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You, so you, were you sitting in on the classes too? Not as much as I would have liked okay, to. Okay, but you were around. But, I, but you're absorbing. You're, yeah, you're, you're absorbing. And you're also Great seeing work. people book things. And like, to be honest, everyone from that time is now uber famous no, so of course. Yeah. That, that trajectory oh, wow. of yes. people and stuff. Yeah. it was a really good experience hey it's brian i'm dropping in on an important announcement what you need to know is you have more control over your career than you think the thing standing between you and the career you want is your connections and that's where one-on-one next level comes in if you are not a member yet you can apply to join at one-on-one-nextlevel.com press pause and do that now If you are already a member and you are ready to get back on track, we want to invite you to book a strategy session with us led by myself personally. We will help you prioritize which classes make the most sense given your career goals. You can find these under the resource hub in your account portal. We can't wait to hear your success story. As I was thinking about what my next move was, somebody was like, hey, Jeff Greenberg is looking for an intern. Jeff Greenberg is a casting director that does really big TV, half hour comedies, Mm -hmm. Frasier, Cheers. Like I got introduced to Jeff and he, like I said, it was the internship days where you're basically 
very first day of a pilot, you're handed a phone and it's like, you sink or swim. I mean, that, that has literally been my experience with every job I've had. It's that old fake it till you make it thing. But like literally day one of pilot season 2006 or whatever, I've handed a phone and I have my laptop. And it's just like, Jeff Greenberg's out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's just totally figuring out like, what are sides? I, I don't know. I'm not an actor. I mean, I learned that at Leslie's, but like just yeah. all these things, yeah. you know, you learn what's in a veil check, you know, like what's a breakdown. We need to send a breakdown out to breakdown services mm. or whatever. Like I, I had to learn all that from the ground up and thank goodness that he, his office was Justine Hempy at that time. And Alan Hooper, they all just like, let me learn instead of being like really frustrated that I didn't know how to do a cast list, which is like, I'm so grateful for. But because of that, it just led into like, okay, the next pilot's coming. Do you want to stay on? And I just stayed on. How long were you there for? So I worked for him for almost three pilot seasons. And when I say pilot season, I mean like, because that's when I was mainly working for him. So the, the first pilot that went that I worked on with him was Modern Family. Oh, wow. So I worked on the first, yeah, exactly. So I worked on the first two seasons of that. And like, this is literally like going to the Harvard of casting schools because I'm learning from Alan, who is like, you got to cross every T, dot every I on every spreadsheet. There's no space. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I'm like learning really hardcore stuff. So that was like really good base for me. And then I moved over to Tammy Billick and Jason Wood's office. They do they did at that time a lot of lifetime projects. So I learned one hour episodics and like how to cast 17 co-star roles a week for Whoa. a one hour drama. Much different than modern film. Totally different. And totally different, like everything is different. So then I learned. Is, is there that a through line in the act that mm-hmm. you know it's different? Casting is casting, it yeah. doesn't matter. That's good that they we're hearing this. Yes. But sometimes you know, the the protocols or the approval process or like just basic how things are done are tweaked on different jobs. So after that, and, and during that time period, I had met my now husband and he literally like six months into dating. This is all very personal, but no, 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 no. How, did you, how did you meet your husband? Online. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> but he went to Emerson. He's a film person. Oh, yeah, he, like, yeah, so we like, we have a, a film okay. connection. Met him on no, I met him online. So we had a film, you know, like bond on mm-hmm. that. And, and he had worked for agents and been, he was working at E doing marketing and stuff. So he was, so basically he was scouted by Microsoft when they wanted to do Microsoft studios. Uh And so like six or eight months into us dating, he's like, I just got an offer to work for Microsoft in Seattle. And I was like, God damn it. Like I just found the career that I wanted to do. No, no, no. We were just dating, just dating. And I was like, yes. I was like, Oh my God. Like, what do I do? Yeah, because I wanted like this is this is is where I'm gonna do my job. Mm -hmm. And then so, you know, I reluctantly but excitedly packed up and I was like, Ella is not going anywhere. Let's just see how this plays out. So I went with him and we moved up to Seattle. And as soon as I got there, I Googled like who's making movies in Seattle. And it was Lynn Shelton who had done Hump Day with Mark Duplass and Joshua Leonard and Alicia Delmore. And um, Megan Griffiths was another filmmaker. And 
I basically, I don't even remember how it happened, but I swear after I did that Google, something in the universe introduced me to one person that introduced me to Alicia Delmore, that introduced me to Lynn Shelton and Megan Griffiths. I was literally working on Megan Griffiths movie, Lucky Them, a week after all of this like sprouted. So bizarre. So they hired me as location casting. Oh my, in Seattle. In Seattle. So it's a Tony Collette movie called Lucky Them. I love it because it's so Seattle. It's about music and it's, it's really good. No accidents? I mean, this, is, this is what's crazy yeah. about it. So it gave me the opportunity to say, I am a casting director. This is what I do. I didn't have to work for anybody else. I just got the job, right? And so then that job led to other jobs. And then I worked with Lynn on Laggies. And I got introduced to Mel Eslin, who is the president of Duplass Brothers. So I was just like meeting all of these indie people up there, also working and coming down here. So I worked, I would come down for like weeks at a time and I worked on Jane the Virgin pilot with Alex Silverberg. Oh, wow. um, she was a wow. she, She's awesome. Yeah. So I, you know, I got to do that. And then fast forward to two years later, Microsoft sends out a notification, 20 employees getting laid off. They're not doing that anymore. So we came back. So oh, I was really wow. only in Seattle for two years, but it took my career to another level, and which what, is what's bizarre. It isn't amazing. Almost like, uh, you know, once you chose Pill, you said, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit to my future husband, yep. go to Seattle. All this opportunity happened that you didn't expect. Well, who would have ever thought right. that would have been my but intro? Right. And then it sets you up for coming back here. So then through that, I this is what I talk about a lot in, in classes. I, I got my first movie at Sundance and I went. You know, oh, it's usually it was, it's called It Happened in LA. It's the first movie I cast that premiered mm -hmm. at Sundance. It was 2016. Okay. And I went. And, you know, when you go to Sundance on an indie feature, you're paying your own way. So I, I probably paid more to go than right. I actually made yes. for the movie. Yes. But beside the point, yeah. I went. And through the indie mm -hmm. friendly friends that I had made in Seattle, I met people there mm -hmm. that led to other you know, meetings with people and producer, it just, it just made it blossom. Mm -hmm. Whereas had I stayed in LA and there's no, there's, this is no shade to, to this path either. I could have worked for a big casting director for 10 years and waited to be promoted. Instead, I just fell into like being like, oh yeah, no, I'm a casting director. Like I promoted myself. It's, a, it's, it's, you know, you know, it's incredible that this is really interesting. So that, a long time ago, I had a, a person who worked at one-on-one. -on -one. She, this is when it first started. And she said, you need to go to Sundance. So at that time, you know, it was, it was 30 beginning stage. <laughs> it was like 20. So at that, at that stage, I looked into all the possibilities. She, she said, you know, if you go as a volunteer, they put you up, you get all the films. Okay. So I did. And I developed relationships with like, all to this day, all these years later, all of the same volunteers come to my to the same theater, and we all we all are together. It's like it's like winter camp. I was gonna say it's winter all over, yeah. but we're from all over, and you know there's a yeah. lot of love there. Okay, yeah. so this one person I worked with, she said, "Mark, you have to. When we get back to New York, I'm going to introduce you. But there are these guys that just moved from Austin, Texas, to New York, and they haven't done a feature." They need to teach for you guys because they're they're like on the cutting edge. They're making all these short films. They're just picking up cameras and shooting them. And they were the Duplass brothers. Oh so they were teaching a one-on-one -on -one in New York. 
And then they came to me after we developed a relationship and they said, we're, we're going to do our first feature. Is there any way we can get, you know, some space? So we gave them the space for Puffy Chair. They cast Puffy Chair. They even rehearsed there. And so the, the magic of Sundance, and I always tell actors and whoever is there, is that because it's cold and because you're, you're not in L.A., you're not in New York, you're in the environment for meeting people just in line at a, at a movie. Is ridiculous. Organic. Yes, or it's organic. It's and no anywhere, yes. the person next to you, who knows who they are, but you know, you're getting in, you're getting in conversations about how cold it is, or you know, <laughs> what a beautiful day it is. And the next thing you know, you're developing a relationship. So back to uh, Jay and Mark. So they both taught at one on one, and they were doing this pretty regularly. And then Puffy Chair happened, and their career took off. And then years later, I see. Whatever film you cast of theirs. Big time adolescent. And, oh, and, no, wait. Not of theirs? What movie was it? I don't know. Uh, it was one of the many. Okay, so, okay. And I said, I don't know this woman. And, I, and, and Brian, we, and we, we've got to pursue her. And, and you know, they, they also, you know, um, I don't know this, uh, but, you know, Jay has done a podcast, has done like a, not a podcast, but like a, you know, kind of. Brian and, and Big Time Adolescence, well, you saw Big Time Adolescence. That was your favorite, I think, of that year. Of that so year. That's and, how and, and I was like, this casting person. Not only do, do I know them, but like she did such a great job. I mean, like it was real. I mean, you know, a lot of people. I'm very being, proud of yeah, it. Yeah, it, and they're I, all I, famous. I said, now. This this woman is like she has such a, 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 a aesthetic for like the you know the, the the right actors who don't have the names, but who are like really right for the. We've got to find her. So he did. And that's how I harassed you. That's, that's how, when that's, I and, and he, yeah. he got he got started with you know that Sundance book that comes out with all the yeah. names. So, anyways, long story short, it's just so funny how this business, what's so incredible about it is your story and how I don't think it's an accident, but you knew from a little girl from the time yeah. you were this is what you wanted, and how I really feel like even I can share with you with one on one, people go like, oh wow, what a successful business. And I'm like, you know what? It happened because the grace of God. I mean, even the way. You know, I, I'm, I got to meet Brian and he took now one-on-one -on -one and, and next level. Next, next level. level. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like when, when you're meant to do something and you have conviction from the time you were a little girl. Yeah. The right, isn't it incredible how the right thing always happens? Yeah. I mean, I don't know any other way of saying it. And that's why it's like I always say to actors, there's no A plus B equals C. I'm not from a, fa a, a famous family. I'm not even from Los Angeles. Like, there's no reason why I should be where I am other than hard work, opportunity, and really wanting. And you love what you do. And and, and feeling passionate. Yes, passion. So like your trajectory can come in so many different ways. And I always try to tell people that like, if you are on this one thing of like how you think it has to happen, well, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. It's never like things that I'm doing now, if I told myself a year ago I would be doing, I'd be like, you're crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I, so I, that's the one thing I have learned with the journey and in the industry or whatever. It's like you kind of have to go with the flow, but be prepared and take opportunities where you can and, you know, not be an asshole and be a nice person. <laughs> and stuff. But once you make that convict, you, you make that decision or you knew that you knew when you were a little girl. Yes. It's also the other thing that back to the podcast today with Anderson Cooper and Steve Colbert, they were talking about how gratitude opens, if, if you're grateful for all the things in your life and you can even find gratefulness for unfortunate things that happen, you know, it's, it's all encompassing. It's amazing how many, the, the, the right next step always appears. Oddly, yeah. 
And I mean, another thing, as I was an assistant in the industry, I'm very nice to assistants. You know what I mean? Because they're my next boss. And I think some people are very short-sighted about like, oh, that job is an extra role in an indie feature, or that's an ultra low budget movie. I'm not going to submit myself for that. Mm -hmm. But what I always tell people is like, it's not about that job. It's about the five jobs you can get after that. You know, is the DP on that movie, is he going to shoot something next that's like going to blow up and he'll remember you from, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's all of, it's about that more than like, I have to get this job. Right, right, right. And that job being the answer yeah. to where, wherever you feel like the finishing point is. I don't feel like I've finished yet. I feel like there's still a lot that I, I want to do, but, you know, navigating post COVID and, everything that we navigate, it is hard to just trust that the wave is going to take you where it needs to go, right? right? It is a wave, right. And you've been busy. You've done, like, TV, like, a lot of TV series recently. You know, I I end up, the TV shows I end up working on, which is why I was asking you the other yeah, day, yeah. it's because a lot of them are film directors that end up doing a series. And so it's still a bit of the same kind of shorthand. Got it, um, got it. Because, you know, we're, 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 a lot of times functioning as an independent studio, independent shoot, uh -huh. even though we're not a movie. So right. like, you know, they'll shoot it all at the same time or whatever. So the pacing for you faster. It's about the same because okay. generally, you know, you're, you're casting your leads that are most likely in every episode. So then it's just, once you get those done, the heavy lifting is done. And now it's just getting the supporting roles for each episode. Mm -hmm. But I think yeah. you did Mark J's, uh, they, they had a series, right? Like the last two years? Or was it a movie? Uh, I have one that I'm working on with them that has been shot, but oh, okay. we're not talking about Got it, it yet. It. All right. But I've done most of their their indies that are Netflix co-productions right. uh -huh. I've done. So you're like their go-to kind of. Nicole Arbusto uh -huh. works with them on like a lot of their stuff, but yeah, whenever I can, I'm okay. like, hey, I'm available. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, it, but once again, those guys started off by just loving what they did. They were yeah. just shooting things. They were struggling financially because yeah. that we all do when we're at the beginning of something. But if you have the conviction, look what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So it all just kind of fostered itself. And now, you know, the thing I've always said is like Ellen Lewis, Lorraine Mayfield, like they have their directors that they work with over and over again. There's no question Martin Scorsese is not going to use Ellen Lewis's office for casting for his movie, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's really my goal mm -hmm. is like to have this group of really great collaborators that I can just, every time they got a script ready, they're like, okay, we got to call Amy. It's, we're time, it's time to start pre-production. Right. You know what I mean? And so that's my goal. And then there's, there's just so much more of a shorthand, like, Less of like trying to figure out how we talk to each other and more of like, oh my God, you have to check out this actor I saw the other day. They're awesome. They're perfect for what you need. And then there's a trust mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. you know? That's what you're basically trying to build is like, I'm I'm a real estate agent showing you five oh. different houses. <laughs> you know, you told me what the specifications are of the house that you want. And now I'm going to show you five that I think would be a great fit for it. You know, I love this. Metaphor. But it's exactly what yeah. I do. Well, because you've also been a detective and you've talked to so many people, you know, the houses, you know, the best. I know there, I, yeah, the neighborhood I, I have a lock on. So, yeah. Incredible. 
he, he always like like I think when your first class I told you I was like you know I was like we we have a we have a we have a fondness for people who do Sundance projects <laughs> <laughs> and I think you were like kind of like hesitant at first too when you walked in you're like let's see how this first one goes before I commit to a second one and then you loved it and well I really want to teach teach right like I want to I want this to be an opportunity again and this is what I say every time is that I'm not an actor. I have all this information of fly on the wall stuff that I can tell you because nobody, like, I can't use it. So how about I just vomit it all on right, you guys? Right. You know what I mean? And so that's how I really go about my classes with actors. It's not, it's not necessarily about, oh, that take is bad or, like, you aren't having thoughts or whatever. It's more of, like, all right. What do you, are you writing something? Are you producing something? Like looking at the business as like how, what little baby steps you can do to take control. Cause we have zero control. Actors, you know, casting directors, I'm still interviewing for jobs just like an actor does, you know? And a lot of times I don't get that job. But then I look at the other casting directors I'm working with and I'm like, it's a pleasure to be nominated. But, you know, it's, it's still like, you know, you get your hopes up and you don't get something. So there, there is that understanding of it. So there's so much we can't control, but we can control doing things, meeting people, following up, being here, talking, you know, yeah. like all of these little things I try to focus on with actors of like how they can take a little bit of charge. And, and the magical things that happen um, in, in its infancy with one-on-one, there was a, someone who worked at a restaurant that I did she was going to NYU film school. Okay. So I crashed her class taught by this guy named Gary Winnick. And I had seen, she had shown me his first feature. And I went up to the class. Anyways, we became friends, Gary and I. And he taught the same class that Mark and Jay taught. Okay. You know, so he was a regular teacher. And it, it turned out that he, later on, I found out, you know, he's very good friends with Ellen Lewis. But long story short, he then was frustrated because he was not able to get anywhere with after I've done after doing uh, his first feature. Mm-hmm. So what he decided to do was to start digital was just starting. So he took well-known actors who had a name for themselves, but on the side had a had a film that Hollywood would never do because it was just it was just very difficult to, to yeah. so he had a company and he said, you know, like uh, we're just gonna put down the camera because it's a digital camera, we'll shoot it. We don't have a permit, so what? And the name of his company that he started, it was called Indigent. And his name was Gary Winnick. Okay. We became friends. And sorry, it was long story short, Gary then from from starting his company had a film that took off at Sundance and then it was all over for him. He went he directed right. Charlotte's Web, he did 13 oh, Going on 30. Okay, okay. Once again, all these magical stories, you know, happen. Just because, you know, when you're meant to do something like, you know, you're talking about, you know, and it's just incredible how Mark and Jay, you know, it, it just one thing leads to the other. And I think being open to that change, like not seeing, as you were saying, not, you know, like digital wasn't a thing, but being open to that fact that that could be something to, to, mm-hmm. to flourish. I mean, now look at where we're at. We have all these different platforms if you had told me we weren't going to have regular, just like the same four networks that we had in a cable box, like yeah. I would have been like, yeah, that, no, that's how it goes. And now we have smart TVs where you're you know, going from different streaming platforms. 
freebie. The jury duty show is hilarious. You know what I mean? Like, like there's just, there's so much content out there, but you have to be open to what that looks like, you know, and how being, I guess, just being able to roll with it. Cause I've, I've done web series. I I've done stuff for, I did a series for Snapchat. That was really great. Like just like, you know, it's like casting is casting. Right. Yes, there's different levels to it. Like in Los Angeles, I am not going to take a commercial oh. and work on that because I am not a commercial casting uh, director. Okay. So there are there are lanes uh, that you're uh, going to stay. Right, right, but right. at the end of the day, if someone's like, oh, "Well, my friend has a script and it's a comedy. Do you do comedy?" It's like, right. yeah. Like literally, people have said that, and it's uh, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what? I'm going to ask you this question because it just happened today. So I'm on the 405. Now, I have a strategy about driving. I find my lane and because I, I, I get close to so many accidents. <laughs> I, 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 I find that one lane that I've had like 15 miles to go. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just staying, staying in, in this lane. lane. Yeah. Don't you? I was like, this is a profound discovery. <laughs> I'm going to bring this up today. You find that once you find your lane, you like, you know. I mean, I think you, you're allowed to get into the carpool lane. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so like, it's, scary, yeah. it's a little scary. Yeah. But I mean, I've learned how to drive in Los Angeles over 20 years of being here. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I want I want to be good at what I do. You know, that doesn't mean I'm not going to take risks. And, you know, I've, I've done other different types of things. I mean, e- even casting podcasts now is a thing, you know? Yeah. And so I, I think you have to be able to morph into one thing or another but also when you have your lane i think it's it's a nice comfortable place to like put on a good podcast and, and listen and just like cruise you know for so, a little while, for a yeah. while and then yeah. you change your podcast yeah, that's right that's right then you can change it to the other lane yeah, yeah, yeah. at least you know it's but really I, nice but yeah i don't want to dodge accidents all yeah. the time that's yeah. That sounds very stressful. Yeah, and it seems me. like your lane, though, is that you embrace a lot of, like, really quality but eclectic projects. Like, you're not, like, um, you don't box yourself in. Even though you're in your lane, but it's not like No, that. I appreciate you saying that because over the last couple of years, I would say, yeah. I really have felt that people have seen that. Right. And so, like, when I'm checking in a veil for an actor that is for, like, an indie feature and it's probably a, a bit of a stretch of a uh-huh. name... You know, I, the comment I get a lot of time from representatives is like, well, if it's yours, I trust that it's good because you have good taste and right. stuff. And I'm, I'm so not trying to toot my own no, but I am trying to say is mm-hmm. that like, A, I don't have a lot of money on movies a lot. Like I, my director may be kind of fresh or, you know, um, hasn't done a lot. But like if I take it on, I've read the script. I think the material is really good. I have belief in the team behind it. I can't mm-hmm. always say that it's going to turn out the way that we all want it to. But my, my hope is that I don't, I don't want to work on something for six months that I don't feel passionate about, right. you know? And so this, the script alone has always got to, to really get me in the topic. And I do, I, I would prefer to do projects where a conversation can happen afterwards, as well as something that you can just put on and be like, that's fucking beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, so there's different, there's different elements to it, but my idea is always that it's going to be quality. Wasn't there one year where like there were three of the films that you had cast that were at Sundance? I had the, the biggest year I had was four. Yeah. When was that? 2018. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What you said, which, which is so true is that, you know, and it's for, you know, Gary would talk about how for a director, this is the same thing. So first thing about a film that makes directing easy is pick a piece of writing that's 
brilliant. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Now, if you can pick a piece of writing that's really good, then your next thing as a director, and it sounds like for the casting director, is he said, if you find a good act, an exceptional act, he said, good, really good actors will make an okay piece of writing very good. And they'll make a very good piece of writing excellent. Right. So as a director, if you find the best possible actor for that particular role and, and the, the, the writing is like excellent, it's going to take it to another level. So that must get you excited. As I a mean, that's director. always the hope. And, you know, there, it gets into a whole other thing of the business where it's like casting to get greenlit, casting to get funded. So you have to get named people uh -huh. and like and like that whole part of the game is its own beast. But like if I am allowed to just like cast people and have actors audition, like that's my favorite because you, it's unexpected. Mm -hmm. You don't know who's going to do what with the material. Yeah, it's great to be able to make an offer to a really big actor and get their name on it and have them do it. Sure, you know, but at the same time, I like a little bit more of a balance. Mm -hmm. um, lately, I've, I've, I've definitely seen the attachment phase is like where Pro indie projects are going right now just because where are they going would you say it's hard i mean i i think there are a lot of projects i think post-covid i think that is an issue um we have an impending strike as you guys know so like i think now that we've got the backlog of everybody we're finishing the projects that they had put on hold because of the pandemic uh -huh. Things are flowing a little bit more, but I do think you have to have a really attractive package if you don't have a streamer attached to it, a director that just had a Sundance movie that was the buzz. Oh. You know, if, if you don't have a, a production company that's like A24, like you have to have all of those parts for people, I, th Love. I think for people to trust. And that's not even getting into like how much money you have to pay them for their time. Right. So it's, it's a lot of moving parts. I, I tell actors all the time, like you guys don't understand, like me finding you and getting everyone to agree on you is this much of my job. We still have to go through like, what's the billing, you know, with the agent and, and doing all the deal stuff that like has to go through. And then it's like, you know, physically getting them to set and like, are they, are they being taken care of on set? Am I going to get a call that's like, Hey, their dressing room isn't up to par or whatever. Like all of this extra stuff that comes into it. This is still my department. Even so. though you would get like, okay, this dressing room isn't up to par. That won't go to the agent that goes to you. The agent calls me. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it's with the domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I am like, I am the baton holder of like, here's my baby actor. And then I'm handing their hand into the director's hand and then the, they walk off into the sunset together. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, when they're at Sundance, they stand on stage and when they get asked, how do you get such a great cast? They're like, well, I knew so-and-so. And, -so and, -da 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 -da. and I'm like, yep. cool. Yeah. Um, by the way, sidebar, there are so many other great film festivals as well. I love Sundance because as you were saying, everyone's stuck in a snowy place on one main street. So you are like... If you're not there after parties, yeah, <laughs> like it, if you're not there for something to be to work in the business or to to talk about things or to, to you know to to like do all the douchey things that we don't really want to do here yeah, all the time, yeah, 
or appear to be like, you know, opportunistic uh-huh. there. It's just such a safe space mm-hmm. for that to yes. be creative. Mm-hmm. Like you're wearing a lanyard. It says what the name of the movie is. So people can just be like, oh, you're a casting director. Oh, you did um, big time adolescence. Cool. And like, it just, it's an instant conversation starter, right? South by is amazing. Tribeca is amazing. Yeah. I also have to throw my little toot my own horn for like a sidewalk film festival, which is in Birmingham, Alabama, which I would have never known about. I I was asked to be on the jury one year and I went and it's amazing because any, any film festival that takes over like a smaller town, Uh everyone's eating together, going to parties and and it's not like razor parties or anything like that. It's, it's constructive. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's hanging out. And so you're, you're making those legit connections. Which is why I tell people, it's like, you don't have to go to Sundance if you don't have something in it. But like, did your short play at Nashville? Go to Nashville. Or like, you know, Palm Springs is right here. It's an Oscar. What do they call it? You know, when you can be in contention for an Oscar. Contender? Contending (laughs) festival, whatever it is. I'm looking for the word. Um, Scratch that. But, you know, it just, I I think there's opportunity. It doesn't always have to be like Sundance. But for me, that is my favorite. Yeah, because, you know, on the other hand, when I would go to Tribeca, you know, listen, more than half the people are like, you're going to go back to the office after Well, the that's film. the thing. It's in New York City. How, how is your film so, festival going to be bigger than New York City? Yeah, right, <laughs> it, exactly. it just so can't they, be. They go and then they leave. Where in Sundance, there's no place there's to There's no leave. place to go. Yeah, there you go. And that's, that's yeah. why it creates that arm. So here's a, an interesting uh, question. So from your days at, when you were uh, working at the acting establishment, we'll just call it Leslie Kahn Studios. Yep. Was there ever someone there, and you don't have to mention any names, but that now is, has, has gone on to, let's just say, a, a, an impressive degree of success, that you knew then, not even from their acting, but just from their aura, or you said to yourself, I think this person hundred percent. What, I mean, what was it about that? Sometimes it's just like, a physical like look about them and the, their the essence. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm just like, you're a movie star. Um, there are a lot of models that aren't movie stars. Though, but, but but there is there's also like a way people carry themselves in a confidence level mm-hmm. that's like, oh, you yes. you can do basic algebra. Hey folks, Brian here. Mark and I often cringe when people call one-on-one next level a workshop studio because we are so much more than that. You and I both know that not all workshop studios are the same. And I can tell you with complete confidence that no other studio offers the same level of care or programming that we do, and we do so with pride. Here's just a few examples. I'm Emily, and before one-on-one next level, I was in a super dark place in my career. I tried a lot of things to find representation, but nothing seemed to work and I felt invisible. Then almost as a Hail Mary, I signed up for a manager session. It was incredible, but it was also the thing to land me a manager. Since then, I booked a national commercial, I've gone on to create a thriving voiceover career and signed with an agent all through these classes and programs. One-on-one next level has been the single most important thing that's influenced my acting career and life in so many ways. I'm Neil. In the last year, I booked two co-stars and one top-of-show guest star on major TV series. I also shot my first lead in a feature film. In fact, I've hit 20 big milestones thanks to the connections that I've made in classes at one-on-one next level. The key has been getting in front of casting directors. And that's why I love one-on-one next level. If you're not a member yet, what are you waiting for? Every actor deserves face time with the people in the business who can move your career forward. And one-on-one next level can help you do that. 
Did you know one-on-one -on -one Next Level produces over 335 events and classes each month? Whether you join us in person or attend on Zoom, you can meet with A-list casting directors, filmmakers, TV showrunners, and executive producers, as well as agents and managers when you become a member. These days, it's harder and harder to get real face time with industry pros, but one-on-one -on -one Next Level makes it possible. To become a member, visit www.1on1nextlevel.com and click join. We can't wait to hear your success story. I'm a professional watcher. Right. Like every night I put in my couple hours, like my job is still going. Mm -hmm. It's enjoyable because I can binge beef and like, I love that show. It was so great. What a journey. Um, but like, I can, I can walk, I can do what I enjoy, which is watching things, whether it's stand up, whether it's a documentary, true crime, housewives, you know, a Sundance feature, whatever it is, like I, I get to do that. But then I would see people in them and I'd be like, oh my God, they're so great. And then you just kind of watch people's trajectory. But so, so you know, Leslie Kahn, you would, there would be certain people that have personality. We would just know. Like for instance, uh, just last night or yesterday, I, I watched uh, James Corden and he, he car karaoke with Sean Puffy. Okay. Now I I've known about Sean's music. You know, I listen to it. Sure. And, but when you saw that together, I am now it's in love. I am in love with that because Sean Puffy comes. Forget um, Corden is so likable, right? But I didn't know really much about his personality. Sean Puffy comes, except yeah. he was in a one-on-one -on -one factors movie named Well Rocos a long time ago, okay. and he did a, did a good job. But his persona, he, he is. He's got the best sense of humor, and James brought it out of him. Yeah, and it's just—it's just incredible when you get to see that. It's—it's it's a charisma. Yes, that is like—it's—it's it's there. And like again, going back to just my everyday audition thing, I don't know why I can watch a tape of somebody and be like, "That's it. That's that's our person." Like there isn't, you know, there isn't like a chemical reaction that shows green and is like telling you. It's just a feeling that you get, and so I think. That's what really carries itself. Do you think that charisma that you're talking about is trainable or is it inherent? I think it's both. I think there's training to be had for um, technique mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and training to be had for how to behave yourself on set and knowing what things to do and what things not to do and making mistakes mm -hmm. and being humble about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think charisma is not it, something that can be taught. But correct. But I think if you don't have all those other nuts and bolts to it, like yeah, if you, you have great charisma, but you're yeah. an asshole, yeah, like, it doesn't course. really help me. Of course, yes. So, and, and, you know, a lot of projects I work on, the writer is the director and it's a really small team and our location is where we're shooting, but it's also where all the actors are living for the production. This happens a lot in indie movies. And so if there's one, you know, vegetable that doesn't get along with the other vegetables yeah, yeah, or ripens the fruit mm -hmm. or whatever that analogy would be like it's a problem yeah. so it yes so yes you can have all the charisma in the world but if you can't focus right. and you and like people don't want to be around you or you can't memorize your lines then yeah. it doesn't really matter just the mark's earlier question were there any actors you know, at the acting institution where, you know, you saw them like, they're never going to make it. Like, like, they suck or this is awful. And then they did. No, not really. No. Because, I, because A, I'm, again, I'm not coming from a place of, I'm an actor, so right. I know right. actors. Right. It's 
again, it's just like, plus I'm, I'm just happy for people yeah, yeah, <laughs> in general. I'm not really a hater. So right. like, I mean, if they are not a nice person and they're getting great opportunities and failing upward, that's a whole other part of the industry that yeah. we all have. It's interesting that you say that because you listen, when an actor comes into a room with someone like you in it and you're, you're, you're you said you're, you're, you're in favor of them, you know, which is really not everybody, not everybody is like that. So I believe it or not, actors are very sensitive people. Yeah. And yes, there, there, yes. Are some, there are some huge, big time casting directors that I don't know what happened in their, in their past life. I think they had a lot of snowballs thrown at them as little kids, and now it's their chance for power. And they say that they're in the corner of the actor, but let me tell you something. I've met a, a degree of people who like are like, they have an aura, and this, the room can feel Isn't it, that where it's weird? like they are not for you. But it has it. And it can and be I, very intimidating. I've worked for people. Yeah, it can I've, be intimidating. I've seen it, and yeah. I don't know why. Like. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why that needs to be a part of the process because at the end of the day, if I bring in 20 actors and all of them are really good and really right for the role, it makes me look like a rock star mm -hmm. to my producer and director. So yeah. why would I not be rooting for you when you walk through the door? Yes, of course, actors can be annoying and late and like, you know, like things, but like, okay, like at the end of the day, why would I want to make you scared? When I need you to perform, right? So my, I am always welcoming until I, I'm not. But, uh -huh. <laughs> but that is how I That's live my life. Really I'm always yeah. nice until yeah. I'm not. Of course, of but, course. But you have to give me a reason. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's no reason. If I came into your room and I'm an actor, I would feel like immediately like okay, I want you to be like I'm like, feeling hey, good. Cool. It's like, going to make your work. No, nobody talks about that. It's going to make your work. It's going to make you. Do such a better job. They're already nervous. Yeah. It's going to relax you and it yeah. really it really helps them in the end with the role. Correct, which is my goal. Yeah, because once they're cast, I get paid. But nobody ever said so that. I'm done. Speech. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it's, yeah. It's a very simple equation when yeah. you think about it. You know, it, it gets more complicated, but like if you do good, yeah. I do good. We all do good. Right. And if like I can go to bed too. Sounds sounds simple. Yeah. 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 Make the same analogy for like here, the same thing. It's like oh, they no, do no. that, like the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to fight yeah. it, but, but for some reason, well, you can't make like, look. That's no, what you can't control. Right? Yeah. I can only yeah. control how I lead right. my life with what energy I am putting out there. Yeah, I can't control a how they receive that or what they're gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know reflect back on me and you know you just really never know what people were going through five minutes before i always tell actors this because i've been an assistant and associate for for a while you don't know what phone call the casting director just got off of or uh -huh. they got their ass chewed about something that was completely out of their control from the producer and now they've got to go into three hours of auditions right so that's out of your control mm -hmm. and so if they are in a what you feel is like unwelcoming or a bad mood Maybe just say like, wow, they're going through some shit today. Yeah. That's what I would That's do. Advice. Yeah. Because then it, it takes the weight off of you to be like, oh man, but then I did so terrible. Like, okay, you did your best. I always say, I provide, I give opportunities, not outcomes. Huge. So that is, that is all I'm trying to do. Here's my opportunity I'm giving you. Mm -hmm. If the rate isn't enough for you, or you don't really connect with the character, or you don't want to go to Mississippi for three weeks to shoot, cool, great, but here's the opportunity. My, my friend Yvonne always says, he's an actor, he says, 
never says he's going on an audition. He says he's going on an opportunity. He said, yes, because perfect. just replacing that word, it doesn't make you feel so tense. Another one is, um, I, I have to go do this podcast today. How about, I get to do this podcast today. Well, I, I get to see I get to see Brian. I get to see Mark um, in the flesh for the first time. I get to do that. Like once I heard that one, that really changed things. Like, oh, I have to do drinks after work today. I'm so tired. No, I get to go have an alcoholic beverage with somebody in the Because business. you can also cancel if you don't want Correct. to. Correct. That's right. right. So, and, and I think COVID taught us a lot of that too, because we, I'm also like, all right, I don't want to go to that screening tonight. I'm not going to go to that screening tonight. So it, it also allowed us to be like, you know what? I am not going to give my all for that event. So I'm going to pass on it. But instead of it being like a burden, like like 12 year old me being like, oh, I have to go to an industry mixer tonight. Right. That's Fuck you. You're <laughs> lucky to get to go to an industry mixer tonight. You know, like that's the way you have to change your mind. With it. It's a very interesting thought in my life right now where I have this this attempt at reflection, but also like, I'm not done yet. Uh, yeah, like yeah. my career is, is I'm still doing that. things, yeah. you know, and I still, I feel like I still have stories to tell and, and things that I can check off my list yeah. creatively in this space. But also when something goes really shitty on a job, I can look outside and I have that balance. Whereas I think a lot of times people get so wrapped up in like, this is so huge. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that agent was so mean to me and they're never going to let me work with their client again or just making an example. And like you get in your head and you're like, oh, I'm never going to work again. And it's like, just go outside. Yeah, yeah. Go on a walk. You'll feel so much better. But we are trained to just be like, ah, it's all, it's all a big deal, yeah. you know? And that's something I had to learn. I had to learn that and I had to learn when a job ends and I don't have another job right away, another job will come because I was never enjoying my off time. So I was working, 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 head down, just working. Like there's so many photos of us on vacation, my husband and I, where it's me in front of my computer. Right, right. He's at the pool having yeah. a drink with me in front of the computer. And you have to put in that time and you have to do that, but you have to learn that when you don't have to do that, you don't have to do that. Yes. And I think that's really hard. And I know that actors have that same stress where it's mm -hmm. like they're working a job and then all of a sudden it's just, mm -hmm. there's nothing. Enjoy that time. Play tennis. I, I, I ride horses. I play tennis. I like do yoga. Anything that for an hour you can get away from and be like, oh yeah, you're right. That actor passing on that project is not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. How did you learn that? Like, how did you learn? Practice. And like, and honestly, just like really telling myself that I had to or else like no one, wants, no one wants to like just be stressed out oh, all yeah. the time, you know? Also, I think having, you know, having to figure out how to do plumbing in a 1950 cabin oh, from wow. scratch. And then, I mean, I laid all the tile. Uh, we oh, did all the drywall. We, my husband dug a hole oh my for God. our plumbing. No, that's that's serious. The house. That's that's genius. You must feel so like that's a confident feeling. You could. Do I mean, anything. I'd love to have enough money to pay oh people to do gosh. it for the future, but Still, I can say that I you did it. I, so when you have to figure out how to do that, it makes the other things seem a lot, yeah, a lot more of like, oh, you're lucky to be able to be working on a movie that may go to Sundance, right, right, because. Right. The, you could also be trying to figure out how to make your toilet work yeah. or pooping in a bucket. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right, like, right. so that, like it just, that helped uh -huh. to be honest with you. Yeah. Give me that perspective because I mean, for 
decades I was chasing, yeah. just chasing, chasing. Like, how do I get to this level? How do I get to this job? How do I get to like, and it's like, then you're not even enjoying it right? too. But there is an element of like, you have to work, you have to hustle really hard. No one is saying, I wonder what Amy Renee is working on today. No one's saying that. You know what I mean? I have to remind them that I'm available. <laughs> and I say to actors too, like, you know, I get the deadline emails all day long. It's like Paradigm promotes 12 to partner. Guess what? I'm looking at what agents got promoted, emailing them and saying, congratulations. It's little things like that that I can do proactively. So if it's an actor that I've worked with before and they're right, they wrote and directed something and it gets announced in the trades, guess who I'm emailing? Hey, congrats on this. I'm sure you have a casting director, but if you don't, just so you know, I'm available. And I don't feel that's desperate. I feel that, that that's letting people know you exist. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have a million followers on Instagram, which that all that all makes my brain explode. I have an Instagram account and I try really hard to like. Yours is really good. It's very artistic. I got one bad comment and then I got really bummed out. Oh, really? Oh, I, should... Okay. Can I just tell Walk you in what my I was shoes, trying to do? Yeah, no, <laughs> I was trying to do. So I watched so much stuff. I was trying to document everything I watched but highlight who the casting director was. So if I was watching a movie, I would say, now watching this, and I put the casting director. And then I did it for like a long time. And then this one person commented, no one cares. I was like, I'm not cut out for So what I'm saying is like, it's, it, I, that, that, that doesn't come natural to yeah, me. Yeah. It doesn't come natural to me to like promote myself on social media and uh, be like, I just cast this. Like I could take a screenshot of the deadline article and be like, this is awesome. Right. But I'm not good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, I have to think of other creative ways to make sure that I'm showing people like, you know, the worst thing that can possibly happen is when you see somebody you haven't seen in a while and they're like, oh, are you still casting? Uh, oh, are, are you still yeah. doing that, uh, you know, that acting studio? or call it something yeah, even yeah, smaller yeah, no, than yeah, it is. Yeah. Are you still a casting yeah, agent? Yeah. Did you cast, <laughs> or this is the other one. Was that casted by you? Okay, it's cast. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I am a casting director. <laughs> that, that, that needs to be true when people say casted. It's very interesting. Are these drawn from your like Thanksgiving stories in Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> I never go there. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done it yet, grab the backstage pass. Don't treat this podcast as mere background entertainment. The Backstage Pass offers exclusive resources and behind-the-scenes footage that empower you to make a real impact on your career.